I'd like to do a brief recap. I told you we are going to talk about printing. Uh, the mystery will soon be solved. Uh, I, I'd like to just briefly recap uh, where we've been. Friday night, we spent some time... <coughs> We spent some time looking at the heart diagram and how we tend to operate. We do what makes sense to us. What makes sense to us involves desires. We rarely do something we don't want to. If if so, there's something that we desire more than that thing that we desire. And then perspectives. If you see a rope coiled up in the grass and you think it's a snake, you jump. If it really is a snake and you think it's a rope, you could be in trouble. But it's your perspective. Reality exists anyway. Truth lets you know what reality is. But perspective is what you operate out of. So you want to find out what's real, not just what's true. You do want truth, but uh, truth has teeth in it. Uh, so, and then values. Uh, you, have, you have a scale of values. That is, there are things that are more important to you than other things. If I ask you what they were, you'd have a very hard time writing down the rankings. However, in a given situation, they show up. You know, when the alarm goes off, your values show up. As for some of us, the value is to be there on time. For others, it's to get ten more minutes of sleep. And, it's just, and these are... There are things that matter to God. That's the true value ranking in the universe. So Jesus says to a group of guys one time, you guys justify yourselves before people. They're, they're religious, very religious, highly respected, and mean as snakes. Very, very mean people, but very proud of their religion. He says, you excuse yourselves before men, you justify yourselves before men. You, you, make, you can explain your behavior away. But God knows your hearts, for what's highly exalted in the sight of man is an abomination in the sight of God. That is, it just makes him sick. So what's highly exalted among men? The jobs you're driving for. You know, very few people are going to college saying, maybe this will help me get a lower status job. (laughs) One that doesn't pay very much. It turns out a lot of times that's exactly what happens. But you know, you, there are things you want. Very few of us want the things that are not admired by the world. And actually some of the things the world admires are okay. They're pretty good. But you, you have to check out God's value structure. My biggest problems through the years have been perspective. Uh, trying to get an understanding of how life really is in situations that I'm dealing with, according to the scripture. How does God see this situation? And then the second thing is just wanting to do what I ought to do instead of what I want to do. Uh, but that's the story of your life. This is where you live. So perspective, this is how we operate. And just everybody does. It's not, not something that's like an awful an awful reality. Everybody does this. Your child does this. Babies do it. They don't, they don't think a whole lot, but there are things that make sense to them. I'm hungry. Ah! Uh, as, as we grow to, into adults, we're more sophisticated. We know how to sulk appropriately. Uh, so you, you want to get to know 
just your own inner desires. What do you desire? Some of us, for some of us, it's people. We, we really want the approval of people. For others, it's physical gratifications. Now, for others, we just want people to leave us alone. Uh, I mean, they're, they're all over the map. There tend to be patterns. Let me give you the five basic goals that people drive for. This is in the, you know, there's perspective, values, then goals and strategies. Uh, there are five goals behind all the goals. You know, if you're, you're in a situation, you choose to do X, that becomes your goal. Uh, actually, that X probably has a larger X behind it. So these are five patterns people tend to fall into. Uh, number one, their goal tends to be, I, I sort of mentioned these the other night, ease. I just want the easier way. I just don't want the hassle, man. So I want the easier way. Uh, second one is my agenda will be done. It's control. I want control. Control in this relationship, control in this group, uh, control. I'm not the boss of the company, but he will do what I think he ought to. Um, this creates a lot of problems in life. But control, you could see control and security are related to each other. Now, the reason why you seize control is because you want to be safe. And then you want things done rightly. And, of course, you know what that is. But um, control. A third thing is just fun. I want my fun now. So there are people who get actually really good jobs, but they lose their jobs because they will choose momentary fun rather than their responsibilities. But there are people who do this too in marriage. Uh, guys who want to play video games, not help clean the apartment. And finally the wife gets tired. But uh, we, all, we all like to play. We all like fun. Fun is not bad. The question is, what comes first? Fun or responsibility? Uh, all kinds of people go for fun. It may show up as, oh, yes, let, let's, go, let's go shopping. Or it could show up, there's a party. <laughs> I don't get off till 5 o'clock, but I'm out of here now. Uh, or it could be drugs. Now, very often these people get into addictions as time goes on, sexual, alcohol, drugs. Uh, other life patterns like that. But fun, it's, it's, there are many, many choices of what the fun is, but behind the, the, the goal behind the goal is the fun. And, um, and then glory. I want, I, want, I want to be the kingpin. I want to be the prima, I'm, I am the prima donna. I want to be the star. Move out of my way. That role in the play belongs to me. Uh, we, we developed these people in high school. You, you know who they are. And they, they bully you if you get in their way. Uh, whenever they're in full bloom, they, they become mafia dons, <laughs> heads of the mafia. Short of that, they become problems in the administration and organizations. Uh, but anyway, it's, I, what I do, there are all kinds of things I might do, things I might say, uh, places I might choose to be, but what's driving it all is I want the glory. The last one is to cause people pain. I talked about a predator last night. Now these are people, they're, they're very dangerous. Psychologists actually talk about them. That's one form of narcissism. The, the, the glory is the other form. Uh, but these are people who have just come to a point in life, they will hurt you. And 
enjoy that. If they can do win-lose or win-win in the solution that's coming up, it will be win-lose and you lose. They show up as sexual predators, financial predators, uh, religious predators. They're very common in the religious realm. Uh, and, and other kinds. Sometimes they're just murderers. Sometimes they're cannibals. But they, they're around. I actually read an article, a secular article, that said that one out of 11 people actually is into the edge of this. I thought, my word, makes you not want to go to the mall. <laughs> so you, know, you, you just learn to watch for this. We don't think about it. But anyway, these there are people who want to cause pain, and they will do and say the mean thing. There might be 45 different ways to do this, but that's the, tr- that's the goal behind the goal. For others, you wonder, why did, why did they lose such a good job? The reason is, what they chose, it wasn't what they chose to do, it was the fact they loved the fun more than other things. Okay, so you're, you're probably going to fit one of these. Uh, I'm actually a mix, mix and match guy myself. I like the easy way and the glory way. Uh, so some of, you, some of you do that. It's hard to, it's hard to mix all five. But we, we tend to have one or two favorites. I, I want you to see this because this bleeds through life in ways we don't think about. Uh, anybody else like the easy way? See your hands. Yeah, a lot of us. Anybody like the controlling way? Yeah, number. I had a friend one time who said, sort of like, this person is sort of like your mother-in-law. She loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Oh, yeah, it's just real common. How about fun way? Fun way people? There are usually fewer of them, but boy, I mean, it's just part of who our life is. Glory way? Anybody like glory way? I do. Yeah, they tend to be fewer. They tend to be pretty talented. Um, that's one of the reasons why they're so effective in being prima donna. Uh, we want to ask about Predators. Just understand this. This stuff is not just pie in the sky. This is real life stuff. So if you know your tendency, you watch out as you're making key decisions. Lest you blow yourself up. I wrote a book called Self-Defeating Strategies. It's on these things. Uh, But perspective. I wanted you to understand this because you have to adopt a different perspective if you're going to be effective in dealing with sin in your life. You have to understand what Christ has done and accept that and then use that information as you start battling your own internal battles. You are holy, so be holy. Act holy. Uh, The opposite is this. I call it the hamster wheel. You feel guilty, and so you're going to try harder and try harder. And the enemy is helping you to do this. And finally, you're just, you're trying to have quiet times. You're trying to do scripture. Remember, you're trying to be in fellowship. You're trying to improve your mouth. You're trying to get up earlier. And you're just like a hamster on one of those electric, electrically driven wheels. You know, if, if a hamster's on one, it's going a little too fast. The old hamster just running as fast as it can. Never not, and it just slips and it goes round and round and round and round and round, round, round. And you just get worn out. You need to understand the right perspective. You're going to have to operate with it. You have not necessarily experienced it yet but it is real. And then we looked at walking in the Holy Spirit. You need, the, you need the information about truth. And then you have to develop these patterns. Uh, seeing the fruit of God grow in your life, is a lot, it's indirect. It's a lot like raising apples. 
You know, you don't go up and squeeze the tree and make the apples pop out. You water it. You provide, maybe you provide fertilizer. The natural things take place and the fruit grows. You have to do, you have to do the watering and fertilizing. We're going to look at the, the third big, uh, second big area of the things you've got to take care of. And we're going to look at uh, printing a new life. What we're dealing with is what the Bible calls the world. People, people describe our battles as being against the world, the flesh, and the devil. The flesh, we talked about last night, that's an internal battle. The world is an external battle. But boy, it has a lot of effect on us. The devil is a supernatural battle. We're not going to deal with that. I'd recommend the book to you on that the spiritual warfare. It's called Spiritual Warfare. The author is Anders, A-N-D-E-R-S, Max Anders. It's a very sane, biblically sound introduction to this whole arena. So um, as if you decide to get, do further research in, in the area of the enemy, uh, he's a good place to start. Uh, the enemy has access to your mind. Uh, you're not used to thinking about that, so I don't know about you, but uh, the inside of my head, the way I describe it is this. The inside of my head is like the Serengeti Plains in migration season. There's all kinds of stuff moving through. And I, I finally began to realize, you know, some of those things are, it's not just antelope. It's lions, leopards, cheetahs. There are things that will take advantage of me. And so I began to monitor my thoughts. You have to learn how to do this. Because a lot of the stuff that you, we, we looked at that a little bit in the, the, as we dealt with the, the shifts, the reality shifts. These, these thoughts that come through, you need, you need to learn to detect them and then deal with them. C.S. Lewis's book, Screw Tape Letters, is a good introduction. It's pretty fun. A senior demon is writing to a junior demon and coaching him on how to, on how to handle his Christian. Uh, Lewis is a brilliant guy, and he made me aware of what was going on in my head. It's a fun thing. It's fictional, but it's also very practical. <laughs> uh, this, the one we're going to look at right now, that's a supernatural warfare. That's a supernatural front, battlefront. We're going to look at the world battlefront for a moment. You're thoroughly immersed in it. As a matter of fact, it has shaped so much of who you are. Then you come to Jesus Christ, and there's a change. And man, it's just, it's sometimes you just have struggles. You can't put your finger on what it is. Let's read this. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Uh, do not conform any longer means you already have been doing this. So stop it. Rather, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, your, your life's going to be transformed by, the word literally is renovating your mind. And the mind thing is not just the brain in your head. It's, it's the stuff that, that goes in there. It's your thinking, how you think about things. And it really, it would be perspective and values. You've you got, you got to have a renovated mind. If you do not intentionally renovate the thing, it will continue to dilapidate and fall apart. I renovated two houses. It was a massive undertaking. I should have brought a video. I was young and handsome when I started. Look what happened. Uh, it, it took four years on this one. And intense work. A lot of friends helped out. It was fun. It was also exhausting. 
you have to renovate. You, you can't just simply um, just, you know, sprinkle, if you've seen Peter Pan, sprinkle the pixie dust over your head and think happy thoughts and then begin to fly. That's renovation. Be transformed. The key to transformation is renovation. By the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Now, what this means is God's will for you, his will is good. Uh, You always actually, whenever you're in his will, you find good stuff. I mean, that hard stuff comes, but this is good. The opposite of good is what? Bad. Now, sometimes we're in situations that are really tough, but what comes out of it is just really good. And we look back and we say, wow. Uh, What's good? What is pleasing? Actually, as you walk in God's will, you're going to find out you have been pleased. It didn't look like it was going to be, but it is. And it keeps on turning out this way. And then it's, it's perfect. That is, the word, the word is flawless. There are no flaws in it. A lot of times you'll buy into things in life that have flaws in them. And you don't know the flaws, but later on they show up. And you realize you paid too much for this. Years ago, we were very hard up for money. I'd been in ministry several years in the church. And a friend's father was a very famous man. He had done some achievements in the oil industry that no one else ever had. He's an engineer. Created a pipeline that no one had ever been able to create. He was engineer of the year and all this other stuff. A very good man. And uh, when he completed this huge project and uh, sold it, he was given by the company that bought it he was given a Super Bowl ring. It was a massive, I mean, it was like a Super Bowl ring, a massive ring with a massive diamond on it. And he ended up in some legal problems because some of the guys that he had dealt with uh, cheated the, the whole operation out of about $25 million. And he did not know it. He ended up being charged with it. And in the middle of all that mess, he looked at that ring one day, and he just pulled it off and threw it to his son. Said, give this to somebody that needs it. So that's just disgusting. Well, the son gave it to me. I needed tires for my car. I mean, you could see the white things on the inside of the tires. And uh, he gave it to me. I took it down to sell it. Now, this is a Super Bowl ring with a massive diamond. The guy said, I'll give you $300. <laughs> this was 20 years ago, so that's maybe $400 now. Or $500, maybe six. I said, that has a massive diamond on it. He said, yes. And he gave, handed me his jeweler's loop. You know, that thing you put in your eye and look inside a, a gem. And there, there in the middle of the diamond was a big chunk of coal. There was a flawed diamond. And the, the whole ring was really worth, I mean, I might have been able to sell it for twice that, but I needed the money now. It was actually worth only $300. It looked like it was worth $10,000. It's flawed. God's will is not flawed. Here's the problem. God's will can be right in front of you. That leads to all this good stuff, and you cannot recognize it. You will not see it. That's what this says right here. You do this so you'll be able to test and approve. The idea is you know, you're testing this in the lab. You, you can recognize this flawless plan of God, the will of God. If you don't have a renewed mind, the opportunity 
of the future will be staring you in the face and you cannot see it. And you guys have a lot of future left. So you want, you want to learn to get the reminder and we're going to deal with that. Uh, so what is this world? It's not the planet. The streams and the mountains, the Himalayas and the oceans. It's people. It's a world of people. It's a, actually, it's a system. It's a, this complex uh, that's opposed to God. It's made up of intangibles. What are intangibles? It's not like expendables or untouchables or something like this. Intangibles. What are they? Now, ideas. It's stuff you can't touch. But it's, but it's there. Uh, ideas, beliefs, values, motives, goals, standards, role models, methods, rewards, folkways, and lifestyles. You actually already are committed to some of these. You don't know what they are, but you are committed. The intangibles are presumed to be normal and justifiable. Of course, that's just normal. Uh, and intangibles. There's stuff you really can't see in touch. Beautiful things. Like Lamborghinis. That's a beautiful car. Uh, gratifications uh, of our desires. You know, desires for sex. There are ways to, ways to get that. Uh, drug, sex, drugs, rock and roll, basically. You know, I mean, we party now. Uh, the Bible talks about the lust of the eyes. That's the beautiful. The lust of the flesh. It's all the appetites that we can gratify. And then the last thing is the things that make us admired. Um, the pride of life. Possessions. Oh, I'm, man. I, 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 I left my notebook out in the Lexus. I need to go get it. Why couldn't he say car? Because there are Chevrolets. And then there are Lexuses. Yes, I was, I was talking to my friend who's the advisor to Obama on this issue. Why don't you just say you're talking to your friend? Because then you wouldn't admire me for having someone close to power. Yes, last summer we were in, in the east. Now we were in Nepal. And I was at the base camp at the bottom of the Himalayas. And Why don't you just say I was going to try some mountain climbing? Because that wouldn't be as impressive as I was at the base camp in the Himalayas at Mount Everest. Do you, you understand what I'm talking about? Uh, we, we tend to carry, all of us, a brag sheet in our pockets. The things we have done. You know, in high school, we were not only the most likely to succeed, we were most popular. And the athlete, captain of the football team. And we were the prom queen, king. So... I, I carry my brag sheet, and I, I get into these situations with people. And uh, to impress you, I pull out my brag sheet. Yeah, last semester, I, mean, I had a hard semester. I actually got a B in a class. You say, oh, that's pretty good. Oh, no, that was, that was, that was low. Why do I need to know this? <laughs> so I will be impressed with you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There are all kinds of things that are impressive in the world. And man, I mean, we're drawn to them, especially if, you, if you're the glory way. You actually have uh, a brag sheet with several appendices. <laughs> but all of us carry a small one at least. 
Uh, so the, this, is, this is the world. I mean, there are all these beautiful things, like Lamborghinis, beautiful people, beautiful houses, beautiful locations, and they are beautiful. And there are all these gratifications. And there are all these ways to be admired, to be cool, and maybe coolest. And they're, always, and, and they're very appealing to us. Uh, these things, they're, 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 they're the intangibles. Then there are people who buy into the intangibles. They like this. This is normal. This is the way life ought to be. You're following Jesus Christ? Well, I guess some people are religious. You do what? You give a tenth of your income? That's nuts. Well, it all depends on whether God's real or not. Yeah, but I mean, 1%, I could see that. Maybe even 2 or 3 but 10%? That's crazy. Who says it's crazy? Well, anybody would say that. You see, this is, there is a way that is accepted and approved. And deviation from that is just weird or awful. Uh, there also, the people, the people, they're part of the darkness. Not necessarily the bad people, but they just go about things differently. And then I would add one other word. That's ways. They're the patterns of the world. That's not on your handout, but ways. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, the ways of this world. Uh, these are ways of going about getting what you want. You want money. How do you, how do you go about getting it? Work. Now you work. Now if you, go, if, you, if you buy a pistol and walk into a supermarket, that's not approved really. But you work hard. And then you save and you invest. And you don't give much. Why? That's just crazy. You're trying to accumulate money. There's nothing wrong with working. Actually, there's nothing wrong with accumulating money. But in the kingdom of God, there are some things that are maybe more important. Working is good, though. Uh, there are ways you go about finding a mate. I had a friend who got married. He's, very, very, he's just a tremendously talented guy. Good in athletics and friends from the past, part of sports teams and not believers. He, he was. His buddies were asking him, why are you getting married? Man, you can go to bed with women all over the place. Why are you doing it? He said, he said, sex. That's why guys get married, by the way, ladies. Uh, there's some confusion about this right now in the society. But he said, sex. And they said, well, man, there's sex everywhere. He said, yeah, but I'm a Christian. And they all went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the accepted ways. What he's about to do, it's, that's too high a price for this. But not if you're a believer. And it's just, their things are just not normal that for us are out of bounds. Uh, organizations, businesses, governments, institutions that are run by these people. Not bad people, particularly, but just with a very different set of values and perspectives. The world is opposed to the perspectives and values and life ways of the kingdom of God. Uh, and it'll use social pressure on you to force you to conform to it. Or it may use persecution. Right now we're into the era of persecution in the U.S. You say something's not politically correct, you could be mobbed and killed by people 
who are concerned about kindness. That's just true. And people who are so open-minded will actually murder you if you disagree with them. The world will tolerate um, diversity. It will not tolerate difference. You can be any shade, any shade of color you want, but you can't be white or black, the light, either all the colors or the absence of color. You can, but you can be any part of the rainbow you wish. Do you understand what I'm saying? Being different, that's not acceptable. So you need to understand this. It's, it's just opposed. It actually has a hidden ruler, an agenda setter for the world. That's Satan. The Bible says he's the ruler of this world, the God of this age. He sets the agendas for the world. He also deceptively keeps people wandering ideologically. That's a very, very important word. They keep wandering ideologically, morally, socially, political, politically, so they're never able to arrive at the truth or virtue or safety. In, in Revelation, I've given you the verse. It says that he is the one who deceives the whole world, but the, the word that's used there is the word we get the, the word planet from. It's a Greek verb, planao. The planets were, to the Greeks, the wanderers. If at night you wanted to set direction by the stars, if you picked a star to set direction by, it, it was in the same relative position to the other stars every night. You might be able to get somewhere. But if you set direction by a planet, it kept changing positions at night. And you would end up somewhere, but not nowhere near where you wanted to go. They were the wanderers. This word means to cause people to wander. And so the ideology of the world keeps shifting. In my own lifetime, I've seen things shift from basically a deistic attitude toward God, and then naturalism, and then existentialism. And now we're into postmodernism. It just keeps shifting. And you start trying to build your life on this stuff, it just keeps moving. It's not, it's an idea of truth, but it's not real. You think it's real. It just keeps shifting. Jesus sets things on absolute reality. Uh, so he deceptively uses, keeps people wandering. Uh, as a matter of fact, and, but he is the one who leads the world. Uh, this, I'm going to show you this. This, this is the, the world, this, a ski boat. Okay? This is the flesh. Next slide. You love to ski behind that boat. All those desires that you have so much trouble with, they just really fit with the advertisements on TV. They really fit with the movies. They really fit with the music. And uh, the world is going somewhere, and you're skiing right behind it. The problem is the world has a driver. Satan is not the world. And the world is not the flesh. But the flesh, the, the scripture says, as for you, you were dead in your sins. And, um, and in your transgressions, you, this is the next point, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit now at work in the sons of disobedience. What it's saying is, you, I mean, if you don't know Christ, you just do what makes sense to you. What you don't realize is, if you're going for something, you always do it in a way that's socially acceptable, at least to the group you're in. 
However, it turns out as you're following your desires in socially acceptable ways, there's someone driving the system in the background. The ideologies change. The direction of the boat changes. You keep skiing. Why do you keep skiing? Because the flesh just loves this. That's why you must first deal with the flesh. Then you start to deal with the world. Uh, before conversion, the ways of the world are our ways. I mean, this is just how we live. Um, we all, all lived among them, gratifying the desires of our sinful nature, following its desires and thoughts. This is just normal. After conversion, though, we are still in the world, but we're not of it anymore. Now we have conflict. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, Jesus says. I've chosen you out of the world. Wow, you're not at home anymore. John 17, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. It is my prayer. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Is Christ of this world? No. Neither are you, my friend. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word's the truth. That God's word is going to be your guide for dealing with this. Um, Christ leaves us in the world for our growth and for other people's benefit. One of the reasons why he left you here is so that you might be a blessing to other people. It's not just all about you. However it is for your growth. You're going to have to do a whole lot of choosing over a long number of years to be faithful to Christ. You do it out of getting revised ideas and then making the hard choices. And you change in who you are. He leaves us here. Since Christ leaves us, we begin, uh, since he lives in us, we start walking his ways. And that runs into the world's ways. We have a conflict. Uh, like my friend, he loves this woman. He could be her best friend forever, on and on and on without ever getting married. But he really desires the joys of marital relationships. So what does he do? He doesn't just go find some available lady. He marries. And his friends are saying, well, I guess so. You're a Christian. Actually, that's very noble. It leads to a very good life. Um, the, here's the problem. The world still has great appeal to us. We have the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And we also want the approval of others. Um, it's very important to us, so we struggle. Very, most, most often, people don't really approve of the things of God. You want, you want to be cool. You don't say, you know, I committed my life to Christ yesterday. He's the Lord of my life, and my value system is changing. Your chemistry class goes, he's nuts. Now, it might not be appropriate to say it there, but the response would be that. Uh, so your life has to change. How do, you, how do you change? How do you deal with the world? Well, first you've got to deal with the flesh. If you're not dealing with the flesh, you won't recognize the world. And you won't recognize the will of God. Um, let me show you a video. This is CNN 
gives you the true information. Let's cut the lights Traditionally, when you think of printing, you think of... Yeah, let's hold it for a second so you can see. Traditionally, when you think of printing, you think of printing out something on a piece of paper using ink. Well, 3D printing is actually printing out a physical object. You have a digital image that you can create using uh, different animation modeling softwares. You connect this image with your 3D printer, and it actually takes that, analyzes it, and it prints it out uh, in physical form, layer by layer. If you think about traditional printing, you have syringes with ink. Uh, with 3D printing, you can ha have syringes filled with all different types of liquid consistency. So this could be plastic, this could be rubber. Some more advanced ones are using metals. Manufacturers have been using uh, 3D printing for decades, and you can print out car parts, uh, aerospace industry uses this, but also more and more you can print out really creative things. Uh, doctors are, are printing out prosthetic limbs, uh, you can now print out organs. We spoke to a fashion designer who was able to actually uh, 3D print sunglasses that he put on his models for, uh, for fashion weeks. that the average person couldn't own one because 3D printers are, were really, really expensive. We're talking like half a million bucks. But now uh, a couple different companies came and they said, you know what, we want to make this so average people could have this. You can probably get one for about a thousand bucks. So let's say I had a jacket and I lost my button. I, instead of going and, and trying to go to a store and find a new button, I could actually download the blueprint, connect it with my 3D printer, and I could print out a new button. The people at the forefront of this movement, they say they, they want this to be as common in people's homes as the toaster oven. So you can only imagine that five, ten years down the road, a lot of folks are going to have 3D printers in their homes. Well, in short, you can't print, fully print a gun on a 3D printer, but you can print parts of a gun. The idea that this technology is out there and it could be used to print uh, weaponry to, to do this kind of stuff, you know, it, it shouldn't be terrifying, but it is happening, and it's the kind of thing that lawmakers need to understand the technology, not shy away from it, and know that this is, this is coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Actually, uh, I saw, I saw um, a video of a blind woman. She was pregnant. She cannot see the video, the sonogram images of her child. They 3D printed her baby, and she could feel it. They're pretty amazing. I, I want you to see this because this actually has a great deal to do with this verse that we read. Don't be conformed to the world. Uh, our struggle with the world is this. Which schematic are we going to use to print our lives? God's? Or our cultures. What pattern will you use to construct your life? I mean, you're going to do it situation by situation. Just like the, all the little squirts that come from the syringes. Situation by situations, you're going to be creating this new life. So which schematic do you use? Do you fashion your life more like what's popular among your friends, family, or more like Christ? And I, I don't know about you, friend, but this is actually hard. I mean, on the one hand, over here is acceptance and maybe advancement and then definitely gratifications. Now, with Christ, though, over here, uh, there's pleasing Christ. One of the things the Bible talks about is being a man-pleaser or a Christ-pleaser. 
pleasing Christ. And then, um, depending on him, not the sure things you can see around you, and deepening your relationship with him. The advancement in the world goes up. With Christ, you go deeper. And then good. Actually, good comes to you in time. Very often through hard things, but good comes to you. So here's the choice, Fred. How are you going to print? You're printing your life a day at a time. Uh, We have been, you know, dead in our trespasses and sins. And um, we now have an opportunity to print a new life. The question is, which schematic are you going to use for your dating relationships? Which schematic are you going to use for emotional happiness? God has his ideas. The world has their ideas. Which schematic are you going to use to get rid of the loneliness? Which schematic are you going to use to have a, have a happy and good future? Which schematic? I, I trans- retranslated the verse for you. Um, and this is actually a pretty good translation from the Greek. Do not model yourself after the pattern the world uses. Rather, transform yourself by renovating your mentality, thoughts, emotions, and choices. Then you'll be able to recognize what God's will is for you is. And his will is always turns out to be completely good for you, pleasing to you, and flawless. But in the moment, there's the approval of others. And there's the way to get what I want. And here's God's will. And it delays some things. Which, which model do you print by? I, I wrote you a paraphrase. Um, 3D print the new you. After, don't 3D print the new you after the schematics the world uses. The stuff you feed into the computer to get the object. Instead, create a new person printed according to God's schematics. To do that, you'll have to renovate your mentality. You'll have to trade in your old perspectives for God's perspectives. Trade in the set of emotions that you have previously indulged for the set that God says is healthy. And revise what you choose to fit with God's priorities. Revise your choices. With a different mentality, you'll be able to recognize the components in God's schematics and not be tricked by the cheap imitations. And you'll, you'll like the new life. Printing the new you according to God's schematics always leads to what's completely good, pleasing to you, and flawless. There will be no disappointing cracks in the new you in the new life you produce. So, uh, here's the challenge. This week, situation by situation, dealing with your homework, dealing with class time, dealing with roommate situations, dealing with uh, romance, or the lock of it. Uh, you are printing a new person. Are you printing the same old thing? <coughs> then in five years, he's going to look just like it's always looked. If you are trying to learn what the God schematics, and, and you're really trying to put this into action, there'll be something very different for you as time goes on, something very good. So I want to challenge you. 3D print your new life according to God's schematics. You, my friend, are the printer. You're the 3D printer. Your actions are your syringes. Your new life is the product. So first, input God's schematics. Then print in daily situations. Um, where you, the ways you act, the way you speak. Choose your perspective and control your emotions in the ways God says. 
And when you fail, admit it, and then do it again. Right. Over time, though it takes many actions, and, and a, new, a new and better life begins to take shape. So keep on praying. But it's your choice what you pray. Just understand, life is taking shape through the choices you're making. Choose well. Let me turn it back over.